Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. As you know, emotional freedom, health freedom are an essential component for quality of life in addition to time, location. And with that, I'm always looking for guests who are inspiring to the audience, who've gone through hardship, who've been resilient, who've come out of the ashes, so to speak. And so today I have uh, Teresa Busser, and she's helping individuals discover life beyond disordered eating. So today's talk is going to be all about self-esteem, body image, how it manifests itself in eating disorders, and how you can get out of it. So Teresa, welcome. Thank you. It's nice to be here. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I love uh, I love how the internet has democratized everything, allowed people to have a voice, such as yourself. And so, tell everybody your story and how you came about and what you do now. So, um, I'd love to. So, I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and I've been working in the eating disorder recovery community for over 20 years. Believe it or not. Um, and I've worked at all different levels of care from inpatient to outpatient and different programs and things like that. And, um, and I've been in private practice forever. Um, and over COVID, it kind of shifted for me. It's interesting when you talk about like um, the internet opening up things because I'm a bit of a dinosaur. So I was <laughs> not internet. I was in my little office cave seeing one-to-one clients and things like that. And then COVID hit and we all went online and I, got to learn about the internet and all the wonderful <laughs> things it has to offer. Um, my own resistance, but I worked through. Um, but what happened for my community is we saw like 87% of eating disorder symptoms and behaviors increase over COVID. Mm. And a majority of those are still present today. So it's not necessarily clinically diagnostic eating disorders. Mm. It's the everyday people that are struggling and trying to make sense of this world and things like that. So the internet gave me an opportunity um, to engage in coaching. So, so I got to, I created a program to stop nighttime binge eating Mm -hmm. and it allowed me to reach more people and things like that because it's, it's so prevalent. So, um, so that's how I started. That's kind of how my coaching business evolved over time. And, and that's where it began. Yeah. I love, um, yeah, it's really interesting because uh, the whole thing, just mental health has been uh, on the forefront of um, yes. mainstream, you know, as our societies have progressed, you know, we're able to feed ourselves, we're able to shelter ourselves. Now we have now we have these problems, you know, anxiety, depression, all of these, you know, addiction. Tell us, in, especially in the term of um, eating disorders, it all relates to self-image, self-worth, and how it, it manifest itself in the body image. So you talk about this idea of body wise. What is that? 
I think it's important to remember when you think about eating disorder or disordered eating in general, it's really not about the food, even though we think it's about the food. Mm. And so if I'm struggling, like, let's say with binge eating, I'm thinking things like, um, what's wrong with me? I'm this high functioning individual. And then at night when I'm home, I can't seem to control myself. And I'm just eating and eating and eating and um, or I'm eating because it's I had a bad day and I need some comfort. So I'm going to go get some ice cream and things like that. So we tend to um, to use food as a coping strategy to some degree. And mm. what happens is we lose our sense of who we are. So now we're worried about what we're eating and we're worried about maybe weight gain and we're worried about how we look and things like that. So we lose that sense of who we are, our authentic self, if you will. And that's where eating disorders can kind of steal some of your life to some degree, because you're focused on food, weight, and appearance instead of self-development, mindset, um, healthy behaviors, and things like that. That's that's the main crux of recovery when you think in those terms. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, we can go into a couple of directions there, but, but one thing is, so for example, um, you know, a lot of people are conscious about what they eat, you know, like, you know, how it makes them feel, you know, especially, you know, you, you want to maintain some, you know, you want to take care of your body, but health, but when does it become a problem, you know, versus the average healthy, you know, conscious person, you know, they may be kind of anal when they go to a restaurant, you know, vegan and all this stuff but when when does it become a problem that's a great question because it's very murky isn't it so holistically we want to be healthy we want to eat well we want to exercise we want to fuel our mind with healthy things um and so a lot of us will search those things out we search out exercise programs or um mindset shift kind of um situations or classes things like that hmm. when you start to look at uh, the diet culture, you're mm -hmm. starting to see things where we're, we're pinpointing one thing. So this is one of the challenges, like we said earlier with the internet, we have, how can I say it? We have people that are trying to sell things. So they're focusing on one specific piece of a problem. Let's say I have an exercise program. My exercise program is great. It's a six week program and you're going to lose weight and I'm going to get you strong and healthy and this is my before and after picture. And I did it in five weeks and you can too. And so join on and we're going to fix everything. So, so in marketing, like in the older days, it was really that one hit wonder where if you have one item that's going to fix all your problems, it's probably not necessarily the most holistic solution, if you will. So it becomes a problem when we focus on the one hit wonder, if you think of it in those terms. And uh, and then you sort of lose that balance. And I think that with the Internet, it's, it's really hard if you aren't savvy with like algorithms. You know, if I type in how to lose 10 pounds and, you know, how to lose 10 pounds quickly for the next 10 weeks, I'm going to get like everybody's stuff. And a lot of that is marketing. So it's all going to be about creating an insecurity in me. So I buy their product. I think I think when you think in terms of where that line is, you have to look at you know, how are you creating a holistic sense of self? Are you are you looking at your authentic self instead of losing weight or um, changing a, a dress size, things like that? Mm, I love that. Yeah, it's quite interesting because you talk about culture influencing a negative mm -hmm. body image. And, um, you know, the more I talk to people, 
there's some sort of emotional trauma or some trigger and it can manifest itself. Sometimes it's in money. Sometimes it's in your body image. It can be in relationships. Um, it could be addiction to alcohol, drugs, sex, etc. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just all how it's how it manifests. So you, what you're talking about is like, it's not, uh, it's not the food, it's the underlying emotional trauma that has to be addressed. So how can we, how can people suffering them from these disorders stop hating their bodies? How can we change the conversation of body image, self-worth? Um, and how, how does, uh, and, and we'll go from there. So when I think of eating disorders, I try to explain it in terms of like developmental tasks. In a lot of ways, our sense of self is created in adolescence, right? Like we're in middle school, high school, or trying to figure out who the cool kids are, or like, you know, for me, it was the drama kids because we were like loud and obnoxious, but like you try and figure out where we fit in the world. And if you start to shift over to, to like body image, like I think if I want to hang out with them, they're all um, this group of girls, let's say, isn't eating lunch and they're trying to lose weight. And that's all we talk about. I want to be cool, too. So I'm going to join that. And so that becomes my sense of identity. And so that can be a traumatic developmental experience versus an abusive situation. So mm. when we when we talk about trauma, it's like many different levels in different areas. Mm-hmm. But if I... Um, if I decide that, you know, they like me because I'm not eating at lunch and we're all hanging out talking about, you know, boys and things like that, then this is my group and I'm going to build my sense of self on that baseline. So yeah. as we go through life, it's difficult to get a sense of who am I? How can I contribute to the world? Who am I without this disordered eating or this diet culture and things like that? And that contributes to body image, as well as, like I said, the sense of self, which I think is the core, (laughs) the core (laughs) issue amongst all the behavior stuff, as we call it. So the things you want to do is one, you recognize that diet culture um, is skewed and confusing and not Mm. really where the answers lie. Mm. Behaviors, if you're restricting, if you're binging, if you're you know, spending all your time thinking about food and things like that, that needs to shift. And you want to look at controlling your environment and changing some of those behaviors. You need a mind shift change. You know, I think that's really important for a lot of people. I don't, one of the things I've learned over the years is we have like 80,000 thoughts a day, right? 80,000, right? And 85% of those they're saying are negative. 85% of 80,000 thoughts are self-critical and judgmental and I'm flawed and my body's horrible, like all of that's going on. And here's the kicker, 95% of all of those are thought to be repetitive. So mm-hmm. here we are having all these negative thoughts about ourselves and we're repeating it every day. So we're reinforcing those beliefs. So mm-hmm. a mind shift change is really important because we need to start focusing on the positive things and the things that uh, bring us to a, a growth mindset instead of uh, I'm a terrible person, I'm flawed, I'm never going to overcome this and those kinds of things because you're just going to perpetuate that is, is the thought behind it. So you want to look at you know the messages you get in, the behaviors you're doing, the mindset that you have, and then ultimately you want to figure out who you are without this these layers of cultural diet bias. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love how you said, I love how you described these layers, you know, it's like layers, layers and layers. And just um, what's interesting is um, emotional trauma can be, um, can be micro or can be huge. It can, it can be, um, and there's so many sources, you know, from, you know, what you described could be microaggression, could be a lot of different things. So you, you, you know, you laid out these uh, solutions, but, you know, it sounds like, it sounds so easy, but it's it honestly, does. it's not. <laughs> So that's why there's professionals to help. But, um, you know, what what is the difference between, you know, the work that you do and the work, for example, like, you know, psychiatrists or, you know, the work that people do in hospitals? What What is the difference and how can people um, benefit from either? From all of those. So those, those four pillars that I sort of described are essential core issues that you want to look to shift your life into a more positive place. So if you're in a hospital setting, um, they control the environment and they give you what you're going to focus on and they help you break that cycle because you're so overwhelmed that you need to step out of life and focus entirely on that. Not all of us have to do that. So in my professional world, my social work world, that's, that's the kind of work that we do. But in my coaching practice, it's really more about taking smaller steps to gain control and shift the way you're thinking. But you still have those four pillars. You're looking at the messages you're focusing on, the algorithms of our life. You're mm -hmm. looking at the behaviors, the habits that you think you can't break. But mm -hmm. in actuality, of course, we can decide to not go through the drive-through and survive that most likely. We don't feel it, but we can. And so you start creating distance between the urge and the action. And there's mm -hmm. specific steps you can do with that. And then the mindset shift is also recognizing that you can change the way you're thinking. Um, and so we can we can take steps like that. And then ultimately, again, it's about finding your authentic self. So there's different strategies you can do, but the goal is really to know those four elements and then try and create a life that makes sense that's growing instead of keeping you stuck. Uh, yeah. All about empowerment. <laughs> yeah. Self-empowerment. That's what I think it's about. <laughs> And so yeah. you find resources, you find, you know, a coach or a dietitian or something like that, that is going to help you. But you want to look at all those elements and not just one specific element, because one, one piece of that puzzle is not going to be the solution. If you want long term, you have to shift out of that mindset. And none of it's your fault. This is just the way we evolved, right? So, but you can make a choice to change it. Yeah, you know, you know, you know, you you can I can once I talked to someone, they were like, you know, society has evolved when a lot of the problems are issues with mental health and just like anxiety and you know, stress, you know, where we have our physical needs taken care of, but now we have to deal with these I you know, issues of happiness, fulfillment, um, you know, all this. So um we have so to this, deal with them, but we do. It's good. It's We're evolving. That's a good thing. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if that's a quality problem or, but um, that, that can be another conversation for a different day. But yeah, what you know, kind of to end it out, you know, there's, uh, for example, alcoholism. You know, there's relapses, there's triggers, and I'm sure with eating disorders the same. There's culture cues. You know, there's you know Halloween, there's Christmas, Thanksgiving. How can people manage these triggers to prevent you know going backwards mm -hmm. instead of going forwards? So I think when you when you think in terms like in the eating disorder community, we often talk about the eating disorder behaviors and that cluster of things we talked about as ed thoughts or ed behaviors. Mm. And then your healthy thoughts or your healthy behaviors. I say your authentic behaviors. 
But if you think in terms of like, if I go to this party and and I, I want to indulge in dessert or I'm not going to eat any dessert because I can't control myself, that's an eating disorder thought because that's an absolute. It's all or nothing. Mm. A healthier version of you is I'm going to have the cupcake because I love the cupcake that Aunt Susie makes and it's amazing and I only get it once a year. So that's about moderation. And so it's often about stepping out of the extremes and into what we call the gray. But I think the easy, easiest thing to take with you is, is this a healthy thought or an unhealthy thought? And it, if you can step into the gray, you start to build your resilience towards being making healthier choices and not in the extreme. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I love that. It's all about mindfulness, awareness, really being present and, um, you know. Uh, and trusting you know. <laughs> yourself that you can make a good choice. Yeah. You have to learn to trust yourself instead of think, I can't do this. I Because some people won't go to the party. They won't go to the holiday party because they're like, I can't control it. You can mm. just make different choices. And then you build on your successes the same way you avoid your failures. Mm. Yeah, so well said. How can people contact you, follow you, um, reach out to you, and check you out on social media? Yeah, so that's great. So I would um, feel free to contact me at Teresa at TeresaBusser.com if you have any questions. Uh, I have a waiting list for that binge nighttime binge eating group. If you're interested in that, you can do that at TeresaBusser slash enroll, and you'll be on the wait list for that. Um, and we just launched a, a Facebook community for people that are trying to focus on developing that authentic self and get away from some of these negative behaviors and things. And that is uh, reinventing resolutions. Um, so you can come join us and there'll be tips and tricks and things to kind of manage through all the holidays and birthdays and moments of life. Um, and then I'm also on like Instagram and Facebook under, under Teresa Bussard. So you can find me there. And you also, did you finish, you have a book on binge eating. I is that correct? Do. Yeah, I do. So it's yeah. <laughs> hopefully it's going to be published by the end of the year. Um, but it's 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 on a lot of the elements I'm talking about. And um, and it also goes a little deeper into why we binge, how that evolved and things like that. So um, that's, you know, the mystery of the binge. So hopefully we'll yeah. that'll come out in the next couple months. Excellent. Well, I really enjoyed this conversation to the audience. I hope you got some uh, nuggets, some inspiration. Be sure to check out um, Teresa. She's on, again, all of her social media links channels will be in the um, show notes. And with that, thanks so much for coming on to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Take care. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.